Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Starting point, Romans chapter 1, verse number 16, the Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. The gospel in and of itself, it is an invitation. It says, to, it is the power of God unto salvation, to, it's an invitation to everyone, and the response is one of belief. The gospel is an invitation that requires a response. If the gospel isn't an invitation, then there's no power. Because Romans 1.16 tells us that there is power in that gospel that goes out to everyone. And the response comes back, believe or not believe. And the only sin that's going to send someone to hell is the sin of unbelief. Romans 1.17, for therein is, well, uh, let me read it wrong. Our faith is the righteousness of God. That's not what the Bible says, but that's a lot of ways that people read into that verse. It says, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Our faith isn't the righteousness of God. No. It is revealed. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. All our faith does is reveal God's righteousness. Our individual faith doesn't grant us righteousness. It just reveals God's righteousness and he imparts or imputes it to us. It's an imputation from God. Romans 3, verse number 19. What's the law do? Well, now we know that what things, soever the law saith, this is Romans 3.19, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped in all the world, may become guilty before God. The law stops the mouth. The law shows all are guilty. The law shows that verse number 20, therefore by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. In his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. It shows everybody that they're a sinner. That's that's the job of the law. Amen. Verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So now there's a shift from the law. If you keep the law, you would be doing works of the law. And so this shift occurs now in verse 21. But now, and now he's going to be talking, now now God's talking about righteousness. And it says in verse 22, our word faith is going to come up. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that what? Believe, for there is no difference. You know what faith does? 
it listens to the law. If there are works of the law and God's imputed righteousness doesn't come from works of the law, and then it says that faith now isn't a work, the Bible defines it as not a work, it isn't something that you do that merits you favor. You receive something, God imputes, God imputes his righteousness. For all of sin, verse 23, and come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Again, faith listens to the law. All of sin. What can I do? Nothing. Verse 25. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Now, if you're going to put faith in his blood. And salvation is apart from the works of the law. Then faith can't be a work. You understand that? You've got law over here. You've got faith over here. Salvation doesn't come through law keeping. It comes through faith in his blood. So if you put faith in his blood, you're not doing a work to save yourself because the works of the law can't save you. So faith is not a work that saves. To declare, I say, look at verse 26, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. How do you believe in Jesus? Through faith. In his blood. Romans 3 lays out, there's, work, there's works of the law, there's faith, they're not the same. Verse 27, look, watch what it says. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law? Of works? Nay. In other words, you can't get rid of boasting through works of the law. Because you will say, I did this work. You can boast. I did this work. You can boast. And Romans 3 says, nay, no, you can't do that. But by the law of faith. It's not by the law of works. You can boast in that. It's by the law of faith. So you can't say that faith is a work. Because works you can boast in. And there's this clear contrast in Romans 3 that tells us biblically. Faith is not a work that man does to save himself. And verse number 28, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith. Why? Because faith is not a work without the deeds of the law. Deeds are works. Do you see that clearly in Romans 3? You can't make faith a work. Because God says it's not defined that way. You boast in deeds, you boast in works, faith, you can't boast. Last 
uh, verse in, in chapter 3. Do we then make void the law through faith? Watch this. God forbid, yea, we establish the law. You can't make the law void through faith. Because faith is not a work. What does it do? Verse 31 tells us all faith does is simply establish the law. But it is not a deed or a work of the law. I have to say that because systematic theology or systematic reform theology says if you and I, if you must exercise faith, and believe, then God is not the one who saves alone. That's the claim that's made because they'll say that your choice, my choice to exercise faith and believe aids God in making it possible for man to get saved, therefore concluding that man shares in some of God's glory. So it's important that we understand what faith is biblically. There's terms that many use in theological circles, monergism versus synergism. Monergism, God saves alone. Synergism, God... uh, Man comes along and assists God. In other words, God tries to save alone, but he really can't without man's help. God can't save me without me and my decision. Man will now cooperate with God. Now, these words of theology are made up. These words of theology are defined, but they go against clear doctrine found in the Bible, like we just looked at in Romans 1 and in Romans 3. Faith isn't a work. Yeah, make it a work. You'll hear of terms like free will theism, which teaches or will claim that faith would be the contribution made by the sinner for his salvation. We looked at clearly the gospel as an invitation that requires a response. But when you start redefining how God puts out the invitation, there are some that would make you receiving the gospel through faith in his blood would be you doing a work or playing a part in your salvation. You don't, I don't, no one does. So we've got to get that understanding from the beginning. Now, this theology comes in different names. Calvinism, systematic theology, I've mentioned that before, reformed theology. If you see regular Baptist, old regular Baptist, sovereign grace Baptist, or primitive Baptist, they are all sects of Baptists that believe in faith as a work. And if you say, You've received Christ by faith. You are saying that now you are playing a part. You are contributing. You are aiding God in salvation. In other words, God couldn't save alone. He needs your decision to do it. And until you make a decision, God doesn't have permission to save you. Now, I know this is 
deep theology and you've got to really stop, park, and think, which is what I'm, ag- I'm asking you to do that tonight. Primitive Baptist, or they used to call them hard-shell Baptists. Primitive Baptists, what they go by, I guess, more, more popularly today. That's where you'll get, uh, you want to get your feet washed, you can go there. I'll wash your feet for you. Um, but you'll get all that, what we just spoke about. Uh, you won't get any Sunday school with Primitive Baptists. We feel that if you did that, you would be overriding the responsibility of the father in his duty to train his children. I got news for you. If a father has relinquished his ability to train his children because of the Sunday school class, there's a bigger problem. <laughs> you got a much bigger problem. It should. Everything that we do here should aid the family. Nothing we do here should interfere with the parental right. So anyway, that's, that's your Baptist circles that would teach that. But they would all say, they would all agree with this statement, that faith is a result of God that causes someone to be saved. Because if God didn't make you have faith, then you couldn't have faith. You're a passive sinner, you're at rest, and all of a sudden, God moves over you and makes you have faith. There's no response from man. That is what or how they would term monergism. Kelly's just walking down the downtown Cookville, and then all of a sudden, boom, something hits him. Monergism. In other words, God does it all, man's just at rest, and then jackpot. Okay? Because if Kelly was walking downtown Cookville, and he saw me, and we spoke, and I invited him to receive Christ after we went through the gospel. And if he put his faith and trust in Christ, they would call that synergism because he had to make a decision. So therefore, he assisted or aided God in his salvation. In other words, they would accuse me. They would accuse you of saying, your decision is needed. Before God has permission to save. That is the way that that theology is painted and pictured, and it trips up a lot of people. Even with the Holy Spirit drawing, they would say it is not possible for you to exercise faith. Faith is simply a gift that God gives, and it is a grace that God gives. What's the problem with that? Well, we've already understood. The gospel is an invitation. And then after that in Romans, we understood faith is not a work. God set it up in such a way that when you try to redefine how God set it up, even if your motive is pure and you want to try to give God glory, you fail short when you redefine biblical definition. Faith doesn't ruin grace. Faith establishes grace. Amen? 
Here's a test that is designed to trip me up, to trip you up. Here's the test. I'll give you the test. Follow along. You got to think. Is God's word your final authority? Yes or no? Yes. We all say yes, right? So far, we passed the test. Any doctrine which denies Jesus Christ the glory that he is due would be a wicked doctrine. Would you agree or disagree? Agree, right? We would all agree. So far, we're passing the test. Third question. How much glory does Jesus get for your salvation? All glory or not all glory? All glory, right? Okay, so we've all passed. We would all agree with that. Fourth question. Now there's five. So far you've passed. Fourth question. What makes you different from those that are damned? What Jesus did or what I did? What Jesus did. Amen. What makes you different? What Jesus did or what you did? What makes me different? What Jesus did or what I did? What Jesus did. So far, we've passed. Fifth question. Did Jesus do the same for everyone? Yes or no? Yes. Then what makes you different from the damned? Yeah, trick. That's the trick. That's the trick up. That's how you get tripped up. Why? Because if I exercised faith and if I believe, then that's the difference. What is built into that system of questioning? is that faith is a work. But the Bible doesn't teach that faith is a work. So they would say, look, faith isn't a work. And if you do it, then you are aiding God. Except they say one truth and then they mess up a truth. Because I already know faith is a work. But I also know God put out an invitation to whosoever would. So therefore, the way God set it up in the Bible is the way we have to go with. We can't redefine God's plan through a system. So if what makes you different is something that you did, then they would say, do you see, man plays a part. In some of the glory. And this is how many of men, many of ministers, many of Christian families are drawn into Calvinism, just the systematic reformed theology. Faith isn't what I do. Faith isn't what makes me different as a work. Because my belief didn't earn me anything. So if I have faith, if you have faith, if that's a work, if that earned you something, look at Romans 3.27. Let's see what it says. You know why God gets all of the glory? When he, when he puts out an invitation and he allows sinners to receive him or not receive him, 
You receiving him, your decision, it's not decisionism that saves you. Romans 3.27 says, look, God gets all the glory because where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Because the Bible doesn't define faith as a work. Through faith in his blood, when you believe in that, that is not a work that you are doing to save yourself or for you to have any place to boast. It's not. God's either going to save you or he's not going to save you. Remember we talked about the gospel as a promise? Went through all that material. He's going to save or he's not going to save you. I'm still not sure. All right, let's go to the next chapter in Romans. Go to chapter 4. What shall we say then? Verse number 1. That Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. If you did a work, you could glory. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Well, if Abraham believed, apparently there's no glory for him. He made a decision to believe by faith. And there isn't any glory of him because, he, because verse 2 tells us he hath whereof the glory. If it was a work, but it isn't. For what saith the scripture? Look at verse 3. Does it say? Abraham's belief was righteous. Look at the text. It doesn't. It says it was counted unto him for righteousness. Verse number uh, four. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of death. Uh, but of death. You can't read Romans four and come away with fact. That faith or believing is a work because it contrasts what Abraham does to receive God's imputed righteousness and what would never bring righteousness, which would be works. Look at verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is what? Counted for righteousness you see that look at verse 16 <laughs> therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed not to that only which is of the law but to that also which is of the faith of abraham who is the father of us all all faith is doing is establishing grace. Go to Romans 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of who? God. God. You know what faith produces? The exact opposite of what the law produces. The law produces pride. Boasting. Oh, I can do it. I did I kept that part. You didn't keep that part. Faith produces the exact opposite. Romans 10. Verse number 17. How do you have faith? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why we open the Bible. We teach from the Bible. We preach the Bible. Because faith cometh by hearing. Hearing. Go to Ephesians chapter number one. Ephesians 1, look at verse number 13. Some key words. Oh, man, there's, there's a lot here. Verse 13, in whom, Ephesians 1, 13, ye also trusted. After that, ye heard the word of truth. You see that? Hearing the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that, ye believed. Hearing. And then there's believing. Watch what's next. Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Heard, believed, sealed. Did you do the sealing? No, God did. God did. Someone preaches the gospel. And you go like this. You made a choice to not hear. Someone preaches the gospel. You have your ears open. You listen. You chose to listen. You listen. You chose to either believe or not believe. The Calvinist would say your decision right there is where I have a problem. Because they have to make faith a work. In order for that theology to work, you have to make faith a work and you have to make man's decision the ability for man to come along and aid God in saving himself. You have to define it that way. But if you define it biblically and you say, look, God put out an invitation, the gospel, that invitation goes out to all. God said, God set it up in such a way where Man now can hear, he can receive, and he can either, by faith, trust or not trust. And if anybody goes to God and said, God, you have to save me, you owe me because I believe, then you're trying to work. You're trying to impress God with your ability to believe. You see, God, I'm a little bit better than these people over here because they didn't believe. You see what I did for you, God? I believe. No, no, no. God can drop any sinner in hell if he chooses to do so, but he chose to say, if you receive me by faith, 
I will save you. We trust that promise. I come to that light and it says stop. I put on my brakes. I trust the car will stop. Do I have any ability to stop the car or the truck? Those brakes are either going to work or not. Ephesians 2. Verse number 4. But God, Ephesians 2, 4, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, Even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. For I grace you're saved. What's this talking about? How God saves salvation. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How can we do that? Well, we have eternal life. We're on earth, but part of us, we're in heavenly places. What is all this? This is salvation. That in the ages to come, he might show forth the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Amen. Salvation is by grace. Now look at verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Is faith the gift of God? Or in the context, are we talking about salvation? And salvation is the gift of God. If faith is the gift of God, Josiah and Johanna are both walking downtown at the park. And then all of a sudden, jackpot, Johanna just gets saved. Whoa, what happened? God just gave you a gift of faith. Or Josiah, he just, he never hit the jackpot. He's just walking around. Someone preached the gospel to him. He heard it. And he made a decision to believe, but he wasn't saved because his decision was something that earned him God's meritorious. No, no. You are not going to be walking around and all of a sudden, jackpot. It's not going to happen. You are going to have to believe, receive the truth, believe the truth, knowing that your faith isn't a work, your decision can't save you, it's only God's grace. He set it up that way. Salvation is the gift, and that gift comes by God through his grace. So Reformed Theology will get you to read Romans 2, 8, and 9 and will say faith is a gift. God just whammo gives it to you. Galatians 2. Galatians 2, verse 16. The Bible says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Faith can't be a work because it's not by the works of the law. Also, 
who is the object of your faith? Is it Jesus Christ? That's, that's, that's good. If it's anything other than the object of Christ, it's going to fail. People put faith in a lot of things. You know how many lottery tickets are sold over at the mart every, every day? People have faith. It's just not trusting faith in Christ. Look at Galatians 3. Look at verse 2. This only what I learn of you, receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. What is the gospel? It's a call. When you go out and give a gospel track out, when you go out and someone reads a, a T-shirt or, or a bumper sticker or they hear some sermon on the radio or on the Internet, they're hearing the call. It's an invitation to receive the hearing of faith. You're invited. Look at verse number five. He, therefore, that ministereth to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Know ye, therefore, that they which are of faith are the same, the same are the children of God. Abraham received no glory and Abraham brought no boasting. He's our example by faith. Systematic reform theology will constantly change the terms of salvation with questions like this. Can God autonomously save or not? Isn't man determining the success of God's efforts to save? If man has to make a decision. This is why you will hear uh, there, there's some famous Internet preachers that will say, what is the problem with, uh, with uh, Christianity is decisionism. And they don't mean the low hanging fruit. The low-hanging fruit is something that most all conservative Christians would agree with. We just ask you a few leading questions and then say, hey, can you repeat this prayer and give me your Bible? I'll write down the time and the date. We get someone to repeat a prayer that they never wanted to pray. We get someone to say some words without ever repenting of what they've trusted in and putting their full faith and trust in Christ. Repentance is removed. It's no, that's the low-hanging fruit. Everybody should see that that's a scam. But many will go as far as to say, if you have labored with someone with, through the scriptures and they have honestly come to a point in their life where they say, I am undone and unclean. I realize my condition. I realize where my trust is. I am repenting and putting my full faith and trust in Christ. Lord, please, you save. I need you to save. They will go as far as to say that that's a work. It's not a work. 
So when you start hearing these things, either through books or sermons or internet YouTube things, you've got to be able to deal with it scripturally. Could God just run a jackpot? Boom, that guy, that, he could. But did he set it up that way? No, he didn't. God didn't set it up. Man does not give God permission to save. God gave man permission to receive and believe. That's how God set it up. And we got to stop allowing people that are involved in this theology to just be stuck on repeat. Can God autonomously save or not? If he wanted to, he could. But what if there's a third option that's actually in the Bible? God said, I'm calling. An invitation is going. We want all to hear it. And God said, receive. You can receive whosoever will. If you believe, if you trust. He, he said he'll save. And nowhere, you can't show me one place in the Bible where if you make a choice that you choose in Christ is a work. Faith isn't a work. It pleased God by the foolishness of what? Preaching. To save them that what? Believe. Believe. Depart from works. Faith, biblically, faith is not a work. If you put, if someone, if you ask someone to put their faith and trust in Christ, you are not asking them to perform a work in order to merit their salvation. You're not. Got to draw that out. Galatians 3, verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. The law is not about faith. It simply establishes that we're all sinners. Faith establishes grace. Faith manifests the righteousness of God in people's lives. Because it's being done, Christ is working through, through you, through me. Few more passages of scripture. We'll wrap up our thoughts and we'll close. Go to Hebrews 11. <coughs> Hebrews 11. Verse number one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's not, can you have faith? Or can you not have faith? Here's the question. Who is the object of your faith? That's going to make all the difference in the world. Is it the rosary beads? Is it the Mary statue? Is it the church attendance? Is it your denomination? Those objects of faith won't do anything. Who is the object of your faith? It must be Jesus Christ. That is a faith that is worth something. That is an object worth putting your faith and trust in. Christ is an object. I'm just saying, what is the object of your faith? Second Peter, Second Peter chapter number one. 
Second Peter chapter number one. Are you saved tonight? Look at verse number five. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And it goes on. You know what faith is? It's the building block of every spiritual blessing for you, for you, for you, for me, for us. It's the building block. If you don't have faith, that's why this is a faith wall. You can't build, you can't grow as a Christian unless you walk by faith. Us coming out here, it's been almost five years. It's by faith. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know if it's going to work. We don't know if it's Who's going to show? We don't know. It's why we say, we'll trust God. That's faith. It's in an object of a person. I'm trusting God. That's biblical faith. When you live by faith, it's not living by selfish pride. Who are you looking unto? Jesus. Who is Jesus? The author and finisher of what? Your faith. He'll finish it out. He'll do it. It's his work. He'll bring the people. First John 5, last one. Verse number four. Bible says, for whosoever is born of God. Is that you? If it is tonight, it says, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who? Is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Is Jesus Christ tonight, right now, the object of your faith? That's a faith worth having. If it's in anything else, it's worthless. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.